immortals that live among us. For them, death comes only if you take their heads. This is the story of one immortal. Colin McLeod, in his everlasting search for vengeance. Don't you ever quit? You got balls! Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. And this is a very special episode this week. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. Only this week are you one of our rewatchers. <laughs> That's right. I'm Kyle. And this is Eamon. Yeah, I structured the sentence a little weird there, huh? No, and I, think, I we, think it's perfect. We all have all of our balls, right? Yeah. Yeah, currently. Yeah. But this week we are talking about the anime version of Highlander, and that was a very anime sentence construction. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Just kind of switch all the <laughs> verbs around. Yeah. But that's right. Uh, we wrapped our season four coverage of Highlander, the TV show, the other week, and you probably just heard our wrap-up episode. But and we you are... loved it. And yeah, you loved it. Of course you did. Yeah, yeah, and you gave us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. That's right. Yep. Five-star review. <laughs> five-star review of season four wrap-up. That's right. So before we go into season five of the show, we wanted to break things up with another Highlander movie, uh, but we're not doing Endgame in the Source yet because those don't follow the continuity of the series quite yet. So we're going to do Highlander, The Search for Vengeance. But you knew that already. You clicked on the on the podcast episode, which probably says The Search for Vengeance, episode one. I only blind click on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like a real grab bag. I never know what I'm getting. Podcast roulette. With less balls. Mm-hmm. So We let's... should fake somebody out. Somebody. We should fake our listeners out and just have the wrong title for what we're covering on the <laughs> description. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> They'll good, love that. Good business <laughs> model. Everyone will love it. Uh, so before we hop into this episode, we should just talk maybe a little bit in general about the search for vengeance. Uh, when was the last like time you saw the search f- for vengeance? Yeah, that's right. Like, Our own personal Mine searches. began when I was nine. <laughs> Who did you need to... Ven- Who did no, you sorry. search began- for vengeance against? <laughs> yeah, mine began when I was three. Keith, you hit me with a pipe. <laughs> I remember that distinctly. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> I did. Where'd you we get were a sword pipe? fighting? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. we were kind of like ninja karate fighting, whatever. And I hit him with a metal pipe. <laughs> oh. And I do remember you fell to the ground and cried 
and I was scared of getting in trouble, so I put my hand over your mouth and was like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm a ghost. I'm yeah. actually on this podcast to haunt Keith. This is a, This has been a true crime podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. all along. And uh, my search for vengeance ends tonight. And Keith, you're under arrest. <laughs> right. This is Detective John Mahoney. Come with oh, me. Mahoney. Come with me, sir. I'm Detective John Mahoney. I share the name of Fraser's dad's actor. <laughs> I've been looking for you for a long time, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Kyle's memory will finally be honored. What? Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Detective Mahoney. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, who's a ghost? Ghost detective, John He's Mahoney. a ghost detective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a ghost. You need a ghost detective That's true. That's to true. solve my murder. I'm a detective Pikachu. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, guys. Search for vengeance. So search for vengeance. I was going to ask you, is this the first time you've seen this movie? I bought this movie on DVD from a Hollywood video that was going out of business like 10 years ago or nice. something. Yeah. I, we need a theme song for every time you brag about your DVD, my DVD or, collection. Or Blu-ray yeah. collection. I have it on DVD. DVD. But it's in one of those weird, like, rental DVD cases. Uh, oh, like yeah. The, the plastic covering. Huh. Classic. That's how I got Endgame and The Source was oh. a local video store was going out of business. And I was like, no, gotta, ha- gotta have these. Gotta what catch movies them all. are those? I don't think we need to talk about that right now. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I've seen this before. I, but it has it been a long time? It has been. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I saw this, like, in 2007 or 2008. Like, shortly after it came out, like, rented it from the video store. Yeah. And watched it once. Yeah. And exactly once. Like, probably 11 years ago would be my guess. Yeah. I no, I, I think we since. watched it together. Didn't remember much. I remembered the guy with the mullets. I, well, that's just everyone. Everyone's got a <laughs> mullet. So I remembered the mullets. I just kind of remembered the look generally of Colin. And I remembered the first immortal he faces with a giant chainsaw that he rides around. It's awesome. Uh, and that was pretty much all I remember. Okay. Well, why don't we talk about What about the... you? Oh, that's what I just said. I agreed. That was the first time I saw it. Oh. Oh, and okay. also I should say, that was the only time I saw it. Yeah. I've not seen it since its release, basically. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was not a DVD I owned. So you rented it. It was a rental. <laughs> I leased to own. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was excited to dive into this. Yeah, and I totally. think you know we'll have an interesting conversation about it now that we've immersed ourselves in the, the the seeping soup of Highlander for the last four years. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the details. We've already yeah, kind of mentioned deets. There's deets. Uh, so this movie, The Search for Vengeance, came out on June fifth, two thousand seven. It was direct to video in the United States, but came out actually a month later in July two thousand seven in Japan as a theatrical release. And it was directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Why don't you tell us about Mr. Kawajiri? Uh, so Kawajiri is pretty well known over here, or at least he used to be. Um, he's kind of responsible in America for the animes not for kids like stigma one of the first movies anime movies that was released on video over here was called wicked city and it's basically a movie that is about demons and humans having this weird pact and a human and a demon are set up to like get married but they have to fall in love and there's lots of violence there's like a vagina that has teeth in it uh vagina dentata that's right there's lots of rape in this movie (laughs) which isn't good so karajiri his movies are always kind of like there's a kind of aloof dark-haired hero Mm. and then there's a lady and then there's a a helpful old man one has robot jaguars who shoots lasers out of their mouths Um, and one of his movies goku midnight eye 
there's a woman that has a motorcycle on her back, like a motorcycle seat on her back. What? And a midget gets on her back and rides her around. <gasps> And she spits lasers out of her mouth. <laughs> so, are you trying to sell this or say that this guy's not great? I can't decide. I can't decide either. I mean, <laughs> I think he's great. Um, <laughs> like For that reason alone. Yeah, for only that. He just well, has weird stuff. He's good at action sequences and character designs. And that's kind of what he excels at. Right, and yeah. story and things like that kind of fall by the wayside. Um, some of the movies he's directed, um, Demon City Shinjuku, which is another early anime over here that people have probably watched on the Sci-Fi Channel on Saturday Anime. Ninja Scroll is probably his most famous movie. You have to say that's probably the big one. Yeah, that's the big one. That's really good. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, the sequel to Vampire Hunter D, which was another big anime mm. early hit in America. He did a short called Running Man, which people probably saw on liquid television on MTV. Mm. And that's a weird, like futuristic race anime it, short. Is it at all related to the Arnold Schwarzenegger running man? It isn't, but I think that's probably where he stole the title from. <laughs> The ending clip or the most famous clip is like a guy like driving a car so fa fast that his face starts to explode. That's um, awesome. <laughs> I've, I've seen that clip. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like I remember like his his visuals <laughs> on MTV and Sci-Fi yeah. Channel a lot. I had not thought about liquid television in a long yeah. time. Like that was like the like adult swim of yeah. MTV basically mm -hmm. with like. Was Aeon Flux part of that? I think Aeon Flux. I think the Max, mm. if you remember that. He also directed a segment of the recent Batman anime, Batman Gotham Knight. Directed another segment in the Animatrix, and then he right. wrote a segment of the Animatrix. He does the Samurai one in Animatrix, yes. right? Program, mm -hmm. which is pretty yeah. cool. It is. Yeah. It's really he, good. Yeah, and he wrote a, a separate one for yep. that? He wrote the, the one in that, which also has someone running. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so the, a lot, a lot of range. The one with the the actual Running Man. Who, oh, like, yeah, that's actually one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that's really good. He didn't direct that one, but he he came up with the the concept. Cool. Um, but that's a really good short. He he's worked in anime for years, um, but all of his movies kind of follow the same theme. He's also worked on One Punch Man and other more recent stuff, but not as a director. Have you seen One Punch Man? I did, and I love it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The premise is this guy becomes a superhero so strong he can defeat anyone in one punch, but he just does it because he's bored. And now that he can defeat anyone, he kind of just hates life. So all these villains come up with it to him with like really complex backstories that he wants to explain to them, and then he just punches them once and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of amazing. So, who wrote this movie? Mr. David Abramowitz. That's right. Kind of the brain behind most of the Highlander TV show right. is Mr. David Abramowitz, and uh, he wrote this one, but not alone, seemingly. Right. As we'll discuss probably as it, as it comes up, Kawajiri and the team from Japan put their stamp on the script as well in a big way. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, may have uh, contributed a lot to what the final story ended up being. Yeah. yeah. David Abramowitz has a story about this <laughs> production on our chronicle episode we did that's right. way back when so go back and listen to that if you haven't and then we should also mention perhaps mr joe pearson's involvement right. in this mm -hmm. so joe pearson we got the opportunity to speak to him during the highlander worldwide gathering he's a super cool dude and he was clearly very uh starstruck of the opportunity to work with 
Kawajiri, but he's a, a famed animation director in his own right. That's right. We reviewed his movie, which David Aronowitz wrote as well, War of the Worlds Goliath. Uh, but yeah, he's a great animation director. Joe Sorry. Pearson was the co-producer of this movie, along with Kevin Eastman, the creator of those Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, those ones. Yeah. Not the Teenage Ninja Hero Turtles or <laughs> Not them. No. <laughs> That's right. That's what they were called in Britain. Yeah. Really? Yes. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. It was explained to me that ninjas had a bad connotation in Britain at the time, so they called them hero turtles. What? Yeah. What, what bad connotation, like, what good connotation <laughs> did ninjas have elsewhere that they know. didn't enjoy in Britain? I don't know. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid in daycare, the, like, guy that ran the daycare took away my Ninja Turtle toy, and I cried because they were too violent. Ooh. But he let the other kid keep the Batman movie toy. That's so much more violent. I know. And in the movie, he fucking kills the Joker at the end. He kills tons of people in that movie. He He explodes the the chemical factory (laughs) with tons of people inside. He throws that guy off a bell tower. Right. And I was like, "Uh, you're breaking my balls here, stealing my Ninja Turtle toy. That's what I said to him. That's like a... 10 year old or whatever yeah you were older as a 10 year old than you are now do you I remember know. what toy it was which which turtle i believe it was a donatello oh good choice because he was my favorite when i was Me a kid. too. not anymore who's your favorite now Raphael. ah how times have changed yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because <laughs> yeah. you've got all that onks. that's right <laughs> it always power. comes back to ninja turtles i know uh so let's talk about who stars in this movie who's the cast of characters this movie stars colin mcleod uh, who is voiced uh, in the U.S. version by Alastair Abel. Some of you may know as the voice in Dragon Ball Z of Trunks. That's right. From the future. Future Trunks. Yeah. Done tons of voice work and a bunch of like Canadian acting, like a bunch of shows that are filmed in Vancouver, like The Flash, Minority Report, that sort of stuff. He played Mariachi Salsa in the <laughs> Sausage Party movie. I saw that. <laughs> yep. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that movie was... Ugh. You mean Seth Rogen's Sausage Party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that written by him? I believe so. Mm. Good job, Seth Rogen. Yeah, sure. yeah great job. <laughs> Nailed it. Debbie Mae West is in it as Dahlia, the, the woman of the movie. The yeah. woman of the, the movie. movie. <laughs> um, I guess she's one of a few. Yeah. She's, she's played other famous women in things, like Meryl. Yeah, from Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid. Solid. Right. Meryl. Uh, she's also the voice of Tsunade in, in Naruto. Naruto... That's like actually a fairly big role. That's yeah. like one of the biggest animes ever, and she's a main character in it. Do you guys remember when uh, a kid killed himself, like burying himself in sand because he was watching Naruto? What? He buried himself I, in what? sand. <laughs> Apparently, there's a ninja that has sand powers Gaara? in Naruto, and some kid His was like Gaara. imitating. Naruto's one area of anime nerddom that I am. I have no no expertise in, but he like buried himself in as in sand, I guess, to imitate this Gara character and suffocated himself, and he died. Yeah, and I remember in the news they were like, he died in imitating Naruto sand ninjas, <laughs> and I was like, that's I don't think that's um, what it's called. <laughs> that's what I focused on in that news story. That they got the anime name wrong. It's amazing. <laughs> Not the dead child. Nope. I went on like I had like a weird guilty pleasure. Slash dark period where I just watched like all of it. Mm. And I found it so oddly satisfying because mm-hmm. everything is just special moves from like here till dusk. Also, she is the voice of Maeve Shadow Song in Warcraft. Oh. Specifically, the Throne of the Lich King or the Frozen Throne, rather. Mm. One of the other characters, the villain of this movie is Marcus Octavius, played by Nolan North, the double N. 
Uh, he's done lots of voice and video game work. He has almost 400 IMDb credits, and he's the penguin in the Arkham Asylum game. Oh, yeah. Looking cool. through the IMDb credits for any of these people was such a bear, because yeah. they all just do a million little things. Right. Especially these people who like have video games and stuff like that built in. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. Video games. <laughs> Vidya. This movie also stars actor Scott McNeil. Uh, he plays a couple characters. He plays Amergan, Amergan, whatever. The, the character we're going to have much to say <laughs> yes. about, I, I anticipate. Gregor and lab director. And Scott McNeil, he's been in a shit ton of stuff. He was Wolverine. In, including Highlander. Including Highlander. He fought Duncan in the season four premiere, Homeland. He's his Ooh. cousin Robert. That's right. You'll not make me a cuckold. Get yeah. cooked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <cuffed> libs. <laughs> he was the character tall boy on the show Riverdale, but he also plays Flam on My Little Pony. Oh, good, My Little Pony. And then uh, this movie also stars a little kid named Joe, which I'm sure we'll also have a lot to say, say about. about yeah, uh, who's played by Okie Banks, Okie Dokie. He played Luke Cage in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, uh, and he was also oh. I noticed one of his very first roles is the Black Dark Ranger in the Power Rangers episodes Green Ranger No More Parts One and Two. I'm wow. sorry, what? That's what it said. The that what? That what makes Ranger? Any the sense. Black Dark Ranger. <laughs> the Black Dark Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a problem. Yeah, nope. <laughs> um, also, did anyone notice on IMDb that a ton of these actors have what, did, aliases have aliases for yeah. this movie? What is that about? I don't know. I, I was. Just like an Alan Smithy scenario, because one guy is Hank Banks, Ogie, yeah. also known as Hank Banks. But there's a, a number of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Debbie May Waste is Ed Lacus. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. Is it a weird like union thing that they couldn't use? Like for some reason they couldn't act under their normal name. Maybe Nolan North was Zachary Samuels. What is this? Sounds like a fake name to me. Yeah. Zachary Samuels. Yeah, that's like. But a, I don't think this is like an Alan Smithy thing. Like, like that they're ashamed. Yeah, I mean, to Scott McNeil's slam on my little to pony. Highlander. He doesn't yeah. want to bring shame the flame. Yeah, shame. Flame, shame, can't shame that flame. <laughs> that's right. It's weird. Then we got two more characters in this movie worth highlighting, which is Kiala. A character, I'm not sure if they ever say her they name. They do not. Yeah, well, I, that, I, <laughs> I'll say, who the fuck is that? Uh, yeah. yeah, I have in my notes the girlfriend, yeah. question yeah. mark. I uh, believe that is who you mean. Played but. by Janice Jawed. Janice ja- spelled with a Y. Yeah. What? No thanks. Jacqueline George. <laughs> uh, also in My Little Pony as the innkeeper and Pinkie Pie. Ooh, Pinkie These Pie. names mean nothing to me. Um, and she then... only plays alliterative <laughs> characters. It's true. Because she's Janice Jorp. Jippy. Janice Jipper. <laughs> uh, and then finally, the characters Doc and Rudy are played by Mr. Ooh. Jim Burns. Oh, Ooh. snap. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good voice actor. He's got yeah. such a distinct voice. It's nice. Yeah. I just want to mention in the Japanese cast the japanese man who played marcus octavius koichi yamadera is dr evil in the japanese overdub of austin powers (laughs) (laughs) he's donald duck in kingdom hearts he's don (laughs) draper in the japanese dub of Mad Men. wow and the weirdest one is he's the dub of fucking michael moore in bowling for columbine (laughs) That's amazing. I would love to Why? hear. Like, does he try to sound like Michael Moore? I hope so. In but any of, like, what does that mean? Like, just the whiny Japanese <laughs> voice. <laughs> hey, Roger. Hey, why, hey, why do you have the guns? Konnichiwa. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, That's offensive. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right. So before we jump into the episode, why don't we read the IMDb? 
descriptions. Uh, there's two that are listed here. Ooh. Uh, the first one is very short, which just says, an anime continuation of the Highlander saga following Immortal Colin McCloud's quest for revenge in the future. Mm, and then the sense. longer one is the lone warrior Colin travels with the wisecracking ghost Amergan. <laughs> wisecracking <laughs> ghost. Through the ages, searching for the immortal despot Marcus Octavius, who killed his lover on the Celtic plains tens of centuries ago. On his tens. Qu- tens. tens. Why not millennia? Century. I don't know. Yeah. Why not millennia? On his quest, he discovers New York is submerged and one what? dominant monolith nope. fortress <laughs> towers over the seas. <laughs> what? That is that's that, wrong. That is not <laughs> accurate. Uh, Colin can save the survivors, but his sword only hungers. Wait, for- is that? Hang on. Okay, is yeah. that what we're supposed to be seeing in the beginning of the movie? I get, but that's we'll talk about yeah. it. I don't think uh, I got questions. <laughs> I think this is wrong. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Colin can save the survivors, but his sword only hungers for the blood of one man. Despite many lifetimes of training, Colin has failed to vanquish Marcus <laughs> on the great battlefields of history. Can he finish what he started and stop Marcus? Will Colin lead the people to freedom or become consumed by hate? Ooh. There can be only one. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's a tagline in the movie, in revenge, patience is a virtue. And after a thousand years, Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. What? <laughs> what? That's also, awful. That was so, like, the first bit was, like, punchy enough. Like, it wasn't great, but yeah. it was, like, that's a complete thought. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of punchy, but if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Like, because it's like page, patience is a virtue, but Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. No, no, like, no. I mean the first part. The In revenge, revenge, patience is a virtue. Right. Period. It could just end there, right? It's about a guy who does this for thousands of fucking years. Right. Yeah. But then, like, the second part, after a thousand years, Colin McLeod doesn't give a damn about virtue. Like, I think it's, it redefines what virtue is. In, like it, it, I don't know. What do you mean he doesn't give a damn about virtue? Like he has been patient, I guess, right? Yeah, but he's done being patient. Mm. I think is what it's supposed to mean. After thousands of years, he's done being patient. But he was—was was he ever patient? He was always trying to kill him. It's not like he was like <laughs> yeah. plotting for a, a thousand years to like, I'm going to create the perfect Storm. revenge plot yeah. to get him. No, he every chance he gets, he just goes bananas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, great. Right. <laughs> uh, so before we hop into this, we should tell the listeners there are different cuts of this movie. Eamon, do you want to explain what those two cuts are? So the director's cut is 11 minutes longer, and the scenes are kind of extended. There's some extra scenes that aren't in the American version. Basically, they got the movie back, and the American producers cut 11 minutes out. And they also rearranged a couple things. Yeah. And put in some title cards. Yeah, they right. put in some some uh, introductory title cards. And uh, some narration, I yeah. believe, was added. After a century of terrorism and global warming, the earth has fallen into chaos and decay. Nations have been replaced by city-states, armed fortresses ruled by would-be kings and demagogues. Life is cheap and death comes easy, save for some. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that is an addition yeah. to the American version. Right. right. This doesn't explain anything, really. I mean... No. Did it's we need a, this? I don't it think. It says the table, but like I didn't you you get gather very quickly you're in a dystopian future. So it's not yeah. like you really needed to I'm not sitting there wondering like, "Huh, 
Is New York its own city-state right now? Oh. I was like, oh, is this still part of the United States of America? Yeah, Kawa Jerry was not happy with the uh, cuts they made. No, he was not. He was very, very upset. <laughs> I think his version's better. His version is better. Yeah. Because mm. uh, it also, just it lets not, it breathe a little more. Yeah, it's also not a long movie. You know, the Japanese cut is, what, like 96 minutes? Yeah. Cutting like 11 minutes out of it, you're like under the 90-minute mark, which always gets my hackles up with any movie. Yeah. If I see a movie that's under 90 minutes, I'm like, oh, you can uh, fill this out a little bit. Uh, yeah. Did they expect they were going to get a theatrical release, so they were trying to tighten it up? Like, the reason movies get trimmed in this way is usually because they can make more money. Like, that's how this works. Like, mm-hmm. if a movie is 180 minutes long, they go, well, let's make it 160. That's 20 minutes. And if a movie's able to be shown blank times a day, like, instead of showing this movie six times a day, we can show it seven. And we get to make more money. That's like the main impetus for usually trimming a movie down like this. Like not to make it necessarily better. Like that's why you see director's cuts a lot. It's like sometimes they're taking out like good scenes. Why wouldn't you let it breathe more? Like it's a better movie because of it. It's usually for more playtime. But it's like this is direct-to-video. Like people have already purchased it. There's no need to trim it for that reason. Like did they really think it was going to be a better movie not to like – because even some of like the little transition scenes, like uh, the establishing shots, are cut short by a few – like a second here and there. It's like why did they do that? Like, Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. I don't know. Very confusing. Very confusing. I feel like they thought they were improving it. I don't, I don't think that's the case now. You know, I don't have any children, but I draw like a child. Problem is, <laughs> when I'm finished with my artwork, I have nowhere to, no way to hang it, no way to put it up anywhere. It's actually really disappointing. Yeah, when I uh, dig through your fridge when you're not at home, I don't see any anything adorning the fridge, frankly, let alone your uh, beautiful artwork. Yeah, well, that's a, a real missed opportunity. If only somebody could help me solve it. I know. If only somebody had a product that would have fixed itself to a refrigerator. Keith, what do you what do you think about this issue? Guys, I've been hearing this play out. I got an idea. Really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, Ben, do I need to sit down? Yeah, brace yourself. <laughs> we'll both sit down. Okay, good. All right, are sitting down. down. Okay, All good. right, great. Guys, did you know the Highlander Rewatch podcast, which you two are hosts on, did you know we have products that Wait, what? Be- Sorry, excuse <laughs> yeah. me? Yeah, we offer magnets, which last time I checked, do stick to, well, most fridges. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I think I remember uh, doing the artwork for this. That's right. Yeah, we did have you do that. That took a long time. I'm surprised you don't remember it. Yeah, that's weird. I think I remember drawing a Duncan McLeod magnet, Mm -hmm. a Mythos magnet. I remember you drawing the Mythos magnet a couple times. Yes, (laughs) multiple times due to editorial feedback. (laughs) An Amanda magnet and a special Highlands barbarian duncan magnet i take it you don't remember doing a joe magnet and a joe magnet oh you do remember that now. the watcher yeah the watcher watcher. well we took that art and we stuck it onto magnets i didn't know you could do that with glue it's it's affixed we we glued all of them (laughs) personally but we offer a line of high quality durable highlander collectible magnets through our facebook page and through our etsy shop Ooh, where can I find those? You can go to Etsy.com and just search for Highlander Rewatch and our magnet set will pop right up. And if you go to the desktop version of Facebook, click on the Shop Now button on the top of our Facebook page. The magnets are only $15 plus shipping and handling, and they will last a lifetime. Wait, $15 for all of them? All five not magnets. Not one. Not one. Not all, two. All five. Not three. Not four. 
but five. Wow. wow. Holy balls. That's a deal. Holy <laughs> balls. <laughs> Incredible. Well, I know what my next piece of artwork is going to be. It's going to be a childlike rendition of the gas leak in Eamon's house that caused him to forget drawing. Yeah. <laughs> Who it's are a- you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's just going to look like your house. Mm-hmm. Because I imagine the gas is invisible. That's right. And I, I live like a slob, so it's just going to be like a scribbly mess. Perfect. That is exactly within my skill set. There we go. Buy our magnets today. So shall we jump into it? Let's Probably should. Do it. Okay, so I'll set up a lot of the scenes in the American version, and then Eamon, maybe you can chime in and talk about how the Japanese version is different. Does that work for you? Sure. Cool. So we open, we see warriors in a battle, and it's this is very like Highlander 1 opening, like Marcus is up on a hill, on a horse, we see our hero Colin McLeod get like stabbed, there's a funeral scene, which I guess is interesting, it's like, oh, I guess this is his origin story, which it turns out it's, it's not, not, it's not his origin. Yeah. This, this is an addition. Mm-hmm. To the American version, because also this is shown later, right? This, yeah, so there's a, a clip, <laughs> a clip that's reused yeah. in so the they, American they, cut of this. They movie. chose to take a clip from later, reuse it as the very first thing you see, and it makes it affirmatively confusing. It to does me because the movie lies to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This looks like it's supposed to be like his first death mm-hmm. or something. And it's, you know, these Scotsmen being like, he came to us a wanderer, but now he is Colin McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Right. But, like, that's not his origin That's story. not his origin. I guess the producers thought, like, we need to have a Highlandery thing up front. So no. people are like, oh, it's Highlander. It's like, no shit. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know why we needed it, but it's no, there. It bothered me a lot. And it then was, we start a round of title cards. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the very first one is after a century of terrorism and global warming, the earth has fallen into chaos. Now we're reusing footage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. Eamon read this. No, that's okay. <laughs> Nations have been replaced by city-states. Our fortresses ruled by would-be kings and demigods. Life is cheap and comes easy, save for some. And there you go. And that's it. Yeah. I really wish it was in red for... I just said a little note right. of that. I was like, yeah, it would be neat if it was... If they'd recorded it like in a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. If they'd recorded it in a bathroom. bathroom. But then we also get after that like a second setup. Like it's like there's title cards to like set this stage. And then we cut to like a narration, seemingly a narration. And it's like, what is this now? We're like doubling down on our setup. Yeah, and then it's like the immortals that live among us, for them death comes only when you take their heads. This is the story of one immortal, Colin McLeod, and his everlasting search for vengeance. Ooh. Right. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, that's the movie I'm watching now. Which is like unnecessary. Like, why do we need all this? I don't know. We didn't set up. But it's it's also weird because it's not narration, right? Or like it's this is like narration by a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, that's a character in the movie, and this transitions right into him saying like, "Don't you ever give up?" And it's like, wait a minute, is that the narr? Like, who the fuck is telling this story? Like, Uh, (laughs) so so this is why I asked the question of, are we supposed to think New York is submerged? Because he's on like a little like speedboat slash hovercraft thing. So he's in New Jersey, according to the, the title card of the American version, right? And this is where the director's cut actually starts. And none of this narration is in it. It's just him on a boat approaching a submerged parking lot. It's It's cool. reminiscent in some ways of like the first movie, just in the sense that like you just are dropped in the middle. You just see this guy. Yeah, he's going through like a a stadium to get to a parking lot. And then the scoreboard lights up and a weird 
the scoreboard talks to him. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's the yeah. scoreboard talking to him, and right. it, the scoreboard even says, "Don't you ever quit." Yeah, right, right. No, the a skeleton with green eyes says, "Don't you ever quit." Oh, that's green later. Eye. I thought it was right now. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, first the uh, the the scoreboard talks to him. <laughs> What's the score? First the scoreboard <laughs> talks yeah. to him. What's like score- that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> What's the scoreboard say? It says, "Don't you ever don't quit. you ever quit," which is even displayed on the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, "Get lost." You oh, would- and so this is in the year twenty one eighty seven. We should mention there's a right. title card that says that. So this takes place one hundred and sixty eight years from today. But then the weird thing is the dub on the director's cut. I think they recorded the audio for this movie twice. They did, because Amergen's voice is different. This ghost that's talking to him of Scott McNeil, he sounds very different in both versions. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why they <laughs> did that. Mm. In the American version, he very much is using like his Wolverine voice. Like he's using a very like a, a version of his voice that will sound very familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the Japanese version, he plays it a little straighter. Yeah. Huh. But so then he gets to this parking lot and there's like a, a fire on the roof. On the roof. And he hops out. This uh, is like a fucking so, mutant scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this scene of the movie takes place in a different movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. Yeah, the is... opening of this is I mean I think I kind of love it. I love oh, it. it. I is, love, love it. it. This is like my is, favorite part of the movie. But it is bonkers. Yeah. So a man with a hook hand yeah. is <laughs> eating like, is grilling, meat? barbecuing <laughs> a like uh, dragon claw, oh, yeah. Yeah. A giant <laughs> falcon claw or whatever yeah. it is. I have no <laughs> idea what it is. And just like rips it off and is just like gnashing it. Yeah. He's got weird elf ears. Mm-hmm. All these people seem like weird mutant demon monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all they all have horns and like there's some. Three with two eyes heads. and yeah. Oh, also There's a that, mummy. <laughs> that that hook hand is retractable. He yeah. like shoots it out. Like... Yeah. So these are He Man toys, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I guess these are all like cannibals or something. Even though they're eating a, a, a dragon, bird, a dragon hand. Because there's well, like, a bunch of bodies of hung, right? Yeah, which is yeah. like pretty creepy. I like the mood of all this. Like I no, think like this is cool. The general but... art direction of like the Meadowlands is cool. Like everything's in decay. Everything's flooded. Like this looks cool. Yeah. But this is this is... all just a big burn on New Jersey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kaiju's like the scum of New Jersey. <laughs> but this is where Kyle, like, right before this, this is when the, the corpse that's hanging from a chain, which isn't in the American version, right. says, at least you're persistent. But then he says to the corpse, you too. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, right. This is, like, this there is, is no setup for what this relationship is yeah. or, who's, or who's really talking. Like, at first right. I was like, is this his head? Like, is he Yeah, I was like, insane? he's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he is. I mean, maybe that could just be it. Yeah. So they're like, "Who the fuck are you?" And he cuts a bunch of these mutants up yeah, they with like his sword. Put a hand on him, and they've yeah. got like a gun and swords drawn on them. And then he just cuts all their arms off, yeah. <laughs> just in one shot. I gotta say, because this is like the first action beat. Obviously, we're two minutes into this movie. I was instantly sold on like the kind of superhuman anime speed of. Sure. Like an immortal, I'm like, yeah, send me up. Okay, yeah. that's perfect. This reminds me a lot of, I don't know if you guys have watched, well, I know Kyle has, the Clone Wars cartoon, the first one that was done by Samurai Jack. Oh, people. yeah. Yeah. I loved, I thought it was great, yeah. but like the force powers in that were like bananas over the top. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they did that in a movie, people would be like, that's not how the force works. Yeah. But you totally are into it like in a cartoon or a video game. Like this is like that. Like it's. Yeah. It's this bizarre version of, of like reality where everything's exaggerated to like the millionth degree, 
but I'm like, to- I, it, I still feel like it's kind of grounded. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, because it's not everybody. It's these immortal people. Yeah, and everyone's like moving at like light speed. It's fucking yeah, great. Totally but, dope. So these mutant people run away, and out of a trailer comes Malik. We get a we get a buzz. It's Malik. Yeah. I like the buzz in this. It's kind of mm. like the camera gets all shaky and blurry, and it mm-hmm. kind of zooms in. It's okay. So Malik is a giant. So, yeah, tell monster. us what this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a giant monster man. Like With shark teeth, yeah. yeah, and he has an enormous <laughs> chainsaw that's bigger than he is, right. and he's like seven feet tall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's got like dreadlocks, yeah. So they talk briefly. He's like, Have you come for me, or have you come for the reward? He's immortal. Did we say that? Yes, we said that. I guess we said no. there's a buzz, <laughs> there's a so buzz. Yeah. The people at home know he's immortal. But Colin is disappointed because he thought it was going to be whoever he's searching for. Right. I was kind of wondering. I was like, wait, who did he come for? They don't explore this notion of like the quickening and like where you're drawn to a place. My guess is like Colin is drawn to New York to find Marcus for some reason, like because yeah. of buzz related stuff. I just assume he's hunting from he's looking for Marcus. And oh. He's just going from place to place to place to place. Oh, OK. Either way. Yeah. But this isn't Marcus. But I guess there's a, a bounty on Malik's head. So yeah. and then there's a very similar like. This guy wants to fight, and Colin's like, don't. He's, <laughs> like just, he, he's just, no one needs to die today. Right. Uh, to me, this reminded me also of like the scene in Highlander 1, where yeah. Fazil's like there, and Connor's like, wait, like, yeah. or don't, or whatever he says. Yeah. It is very evocative. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's like especially, especially in Highlander 1, when Fazil rides his sword <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through the concrete right? like a motorcycle, Much which like Malik does. Yes. It's amazing. It's he, fucking great. He's just like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he stabs the chainsaw onto the ground and rides it towards him. It's fucking dope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. So they fight a bit on the rooftop, and then they Colin, crash into a mall. Yeah, Colin yeah. gets knocked into a mall because Colin gets the shit kicked out of him at every turn. Like this movie would have you believe Colin is the worst fighter. Well, he's ever. like he's awesome at fighting henchmen, <laughs> and then when he fights the boss a battle person, he yeah, gets he can't the shit handle a boss battle. Yeah, <laughs> so he gets knocked into this like mall. Uh, there's like Christmas lights and a Christmas tree. All right, my entire interpretation of this movie has changed. It's oh, all okay. it's all a Christmas. It's, a Christmas movie. it's all a Christmas movie. It's yeah, all just like Die Hard. Yeah, that yeah. explains why that character's name's Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mutants decorated the the mall for Christmas just yeah. for themselves. But anyway, Malik jumps down there, and we get a cool like slow mo jump by Colin. And we don't really know what happens. He, like, cuts a pillar in half. And then, like, he's kind of flying in the air. And then he goes to, like, draw his sword from the sheath. And there's just, like, a flash. And he jumps from the floor all yes. the way to, like, the top of, like, an escalator, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's another Kawajiri staple. Normal people jumping way too high. <laughs> That's in all of his movies. And I don't know why. <laughs> But it's cool. I like it. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's cool. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, the mutants are watching and cheering. They're going nuts for this shit, which seems like not what is supposed to happen, but yeah. Whose side are they on? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Also, some of them have their arms cut off and (laughs) they're just bleeding everywhere. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Colin jumps, makes a slash, lands on the escalator. And then Malik is like walking towards him, like taunting him. And then suddenly his, his head, head just falls, falls off. Yeah. And it is gruesome. Like you yeah. see all the muscles and bones in his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, does his head talk? When yes. It hits the ground. After it hits the ground. <laughs> and he goes, Who are you? Who are you? And then we get our Highlander line I'm Colin McLeod of the Clan McLeod. And then fucking crazy metal music starts, and it's awesome. (laughs) And then, so then there's a quickening, and he makes the Colossus yell. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) You know, from the older. (laughs) 
and and Malik's body continues is riding the, es- still, uh, still the escalator. <laughs> the <Yeah>. escalator. <laughs> but all the Christmas lights come on, yeah. and the escalator yeah. starts moving because of the quickening, and then the whole fucking mall just blows the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It is pretty great. Oh, and a bunch of rats go running. Yeah, in the mall, and I guess that's important because one of these rats ends up being. Amber a Dan. ghost as well. They're all, yeah, they're, all go- ghosts. Ghosts, they're all ghost rats. So for some reason, this rat is talking to him. <laughs> He's like, you must have gotten great pleasure out of that quickening. <laughs> I think he says it must have really turned you on. Yeah, that's yes, what he says. That's what, really he says. Turned- what? <laughs> that quickening must have really turned you on. Ooh. And Colin's like very, he's like panting. He's like, ah, yeah. ah. it's like, oh, this is very sexual again. And he like squirts a little bit of. Ew. Yeah, take, taking his head <laughs> and power. Yeah. So like they're like sprinkling some immortal, like lore on this like taking his head and his power yeah right. uh so we get the opening credit sequence here another opening credit sequence yeah, i suppose in uh, the director's cut the only one. the only one right um so this is kind of cool like we get this crazy flyby of the statue of liberty uh which oh, i guess wait, is some cool th- there's a weird cut before they go to this of like somebody playing guitar, guitar yeah you like and i was like playing... what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> like before they they explain that, but right. I thought it was just a random like right. cut of like, wait, is this, are they depicting the the the, the composer <laughs> yeah. of the movie playing guitar? That's right. actually a consistent theme throughout the movie. Yeah. Anytime there's music, you can see the musicians yeah, like the they, they cut to a guy playing the saxophone. <laughs> no, but yes, I just wanted to point that out that that was insane. Yeah, <laughs> for a second amazing. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it still is kind of crazy, but. Yeah, so there's a, a, like an overhead shot. This is another Kawajiri uh, staple. Uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust opens like this right. with like a fast pan over a city. But it's it's New York, but there's like a decrepit Statue of Liberty. And right. It goes to the top of this really high golden tower. Right, which like the all of Central Park has become this like weird city thing, this like enclosed gated, it's a gated community. community yeah. <laughs> and on Did top any... of a tower, there's somebody playing electric guitar. guitar. Can we also talk about the font? Because as usual, I've yeah, talked the about font, font, font yeah. rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Did, what, do you, what did you, I didn't notice. I it. fucking hated the font. I was yeah. like, oh, here's a new weird font. And I thought it looked like shit. Like, it looked like they just added it way later mm. to be like, oh, I, let's put the title here. I don't know. I thought the graphics were. And it's not the Highlander font. No, it's not like it's not any of the previous Highlander fonts. It's yeah. like a new one. And it was so not specific. It was just like, oh, OK. Like, it seemed like somebody went into Microsoft Word and picked a 3D clip art mm. thing and was like, here it is. I don't like we it. Well, that's my take on the font. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Interrupt the show. It's an important aspect of our podcast history. All right. So we hit, hit the top of this tower, which is mm-hmm. a big pyramid, and we meet Marcus, the guitar guitar playing Marcus. Yeah. Who's shredding. He, he is shredding. This is an odd little effect for this character. Does this ever come back? His guitar playing? Yeah. No. Although, like, the line he says is, I guess, significant, because his girl, his unnamed girlfriend through the whole movie, what's her yeah, name again? Kiala. Kiala, whatever. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Which character. doesn't sound like a Japanese name to me. She's like, oh, it's beautiful, it's or whatever. It's the name of a cat. Yeah. <laughs> this is my cat, Kiala. I mean, she basically sort of is that in this <laughs> movie. But she's like, that was beautiful, and he was like, beautiful, but not perfect. And he's yeah. like a man after perfection. Well, mm-hmm. in one of the flashbacks, he's playing 
playing like a liar. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. Whatever. So it is yeah. important, or it's, it's, it's important. not important. It's, it's not important. It's just a visual cue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it comes back. I guess. I like the absurdity of him playing electric guitar on, on a like, roof. The roof. Yeah. I had my notes. I was like, this is the mu- music of the future. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is it. The sound of the future. But apparently, in the original just, script, it was supposed to be uh, "Stairway to Heaven." Was oh, really? Song. Yeah. Oh. Who could afford it though? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. But then they determined that they thought this music would like kind of fit better with the vibe of the. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't know if they're right. I don't know. I don't think they are, but that's fine. But they, I guess, observed that there's been a quickening in New mm-hmm. Jersey, and they're yeah. like, "Ooh, a quickening!" Like Marcus has a statue of Ben Hur, like statue of horses. I don't yeah. know if there's a chariot attached to it. I don't know. Yeah, he's like horses. the whole place is like decked out with statues. It's very like yeah. grandiose, and he has like shocking white hair. Yeah. In a glorious mullet. Yeah. yeah. And everyone has like long, uh, like mutton choppy looking mm-hmm. things. But I guess that's their, is it their hair? I don't think it's facial hair. It's just like. That's their hair. Yeah. yeah. It's their hair. It, but like they, it like hangs the, in thick the chunks the women on the side. have it too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's think, almost like a helmet. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's so weird that everyone has it. This that, is, the, this is another, this is the future. Yeah. This is another weird Kawajiri design thing. All his characters have weird hair like this. And the woman he's with is like this lithe, dark, haired snake woman (laughs) (laughs) so we cut and colin is crossing the george washington bridge approaching the like gated like i guess all of new york is like surrounded by a wall hashtag built the wall but sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's got a state of emergency in new york city right now that's right because of a virus outbreak (laughs) yeah colin Meets the robot spider guards. All right, so now we're in a different movie. Right, yeah, yeah. Where there are robot spider guards and Nazis with cyborg, excuse me, cyborg Nazis. This guy's got like a robot eye. But the scene of Colin approaching the bridge is cut short. And in the in the director's cut, it's actually really cool because you see more of like how the world is. Like the I guess is this the Brooklyn Bridge or it's the George Washington George bridge. Washington Bridge. But there's like sunken like aircraft carriers and like i think it's really cool yeah but then he comes to the wall with the with the robot right robot guards so they ask if he has like a travel pass or a city id and he gives them his bag which just has malik's fucking head in it oh what damn 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 Damn. (laughs) outstanding (laughs) so he wants to get paid and just kind of be on his way like he doesn't plan to dawdle here but then we cut back to Pyramid Town, and Marcus <laughs> seems to be making a statue of himself. Right. Yeah. As you do as a psychopath. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And then his cat comes over. Yeah. And you can literally see her butt cheeks. Yeah, her yeah. outfit is designed to just show her ass. <laughs> just to, like, show cheek. Yep. Yeah, it's really hot. Uh, so she tells him that Malik's killer is there, I guess, because he wants to meet him yeah why does he want to meet him does he, he suspect wants, something I, already i was wondering this or because as well. of the quickening i think it's the way he must be reasoning it, it is he he saw the quickening the night before now malik's killer has showed up there's only one way that could have happened which is a it, it must be an immortal that right, killed right. him so i guess he wants to have that person brought so maybe he can fight them too that's my know. guess yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense or maybe even knows malik's immortal who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good question. Malik. His Mal- name's Malik. It's not Malik. It's Malik. Director. Terrence Malik. Terrence Malik. Terrence Malik. Terrence, yeah. Terrence Malik. <laughs> the first fight is, is with Malik. Terrence Malik. <laughs> yeah. And the entire movie is cut in a weird order. Yeah. And it's yeah. random. Dinosaurs <laughs> stuck in there. 
There's that's a tree what they were life. eating in the beginning. They were roasting a, a dinosaur. Dinosaur, yeah. yeah. But he's like, I'm not going to go up there. I just want to take my money and leave. But he doesn't have a choice. So he gets kidnapped. He gets convinced by an insect not to fight these guys. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we had a yeah. bug. A bug of Discretion fly. is the better part of valor. What is? Discretion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says discretion is the better part. Or better form. I had written down is the better part of the fellow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely not what he says. Discretion is the better part of the that. fellow. <laughs> I wrote it down that, and I was like, I don't know what this th- means. That famous <laughs> idiom. <laughs> All right, well. What's the better part of the fellow? Discretion. The dick. <laughs> Discretion. <laughs> the guards take Colin inside the city and he's let's talk about these vehicles. They're like tank cars like from like side cars. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're with sidecars. Side they're really bananas. So the guard says that the virus killed most of them, floods pollution, and bad genetic e- engineering did the rest. And as the- you go by literally piles of corpses. <laughs> just giant piles. This is just a weird I wrote in the director's cut, they say it had the virus has an eighty seven percent kill rate. And in the dub, it has, or in the American version, an 80%. What the hell? Why? I don't understand. What's at 7%? I think that 7% (laughs) is a little (laughs) far-fetched. That's a little too high. Yeah, we should lower that down a little bit. Uh, So they say you have to get vaccinated if you want to keep your ass safe. Yeah, Yeah. and to which he puzzling responds, not my problem. He's an (laughs) (laughs) anti-vaxxer. Colin, the ultimate anti-vaxxer. That's what it sounds like. It's just he's suicidal. He's like, not my problem. Why, Why isn't the response just, okay? Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess he doesn't need it. Yeah, I think I think it's just supposed to be like a funny quip. It's like, yeah. ah, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like, I'm fucking immortal, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he might as well have just said that. But he's an anti-vaxxer, right? So, so he wants to get out of the car because the spider walker guys, these are literally robot spider walkers <laughs> with machine guns, are riding next door in like a car with a sidecar. Yeah, I have a question. Do we think the robots are a Kawajiri? Ad the spider robots, or do we think? Oh, is this, is this a is joke this a, thing? Is this or 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 David Abramowitz? I mean, we know the the, the series has dealt with spy, a spider villain before. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh spiders the, are cool. Yeah, the Colonel, the Colonel, yeah, yeah. check out these. How about and these? War of the Worlds is all about Spider Walker. Right. Yeah. Guys. That's interesting. Yeah. But maybe it is a Joe Pearson ad. The uh, I think actually a lot of the vehicles seem very Joe Pearson y. They do. Yeah. Mm. So perhaps he had a lot to do with the influence. Uh, the design. The design. Design. So anyway, Colin hatches an escape plan, which is, I mean, it's hardly a plan. Which he, is to <laughs> grab a gun and shoot people with Shoot it. the driver and the <laughs> yeah. fucking car spins and flips and colin jumps out in an anime fashion and uh, everybody breaks their fucking neck in the air yeah (laughs) i think that guy lives doesn't he oh does he oh does he i I don't know i thought we saw him again yeah they all look the same (laughs) i think they just had one design for all the henchmen yeah they Uh, they wasted all their design power on the monsters in the beginning (laughs) (laughs) the monster demon that is true like they're super cool like they're all crazy unique and a lot of the other characters minutes of this movie is amazing yeah and if that was all that existed i'd be like oh that's cool yeah Yeah. just a little short this little kid joe pokes his head out of a manhole i think this is a cool shot i like the little pov thing yeah i liked it i don't know he comes over and steals the unconscious or dead guards watch yeah and then joe gets right to pimping he's like oh i can get you food clean water or women yeah you're a child yes well also why are you in this movie child Um, yeah great question this is another kawajiri thing in um, weird kid sidekicks yeah in Demon City Shinjuku, there's a little kid who, in the dub, they make him sound like Tattoo from Fantasy Island, <laughs> Hervé, Hervé Villachez. But he's the, he's the exact same character. He's hmm. just like a little scamp who like knows everything about the town and like 
does deals and all that crap. Yeah, and we and should he talk lives about in the sewer as well. <laughs> we should talk about the design of this character, which Joe Pearson yes told us about. Uh, I guess this was it seemed like a big fight that took a while to resolve. Mm-hmm. So basically, originally the design of Joe, who's a, a, a little black boy, was very. Uh, Sambo E yeah. the original oh, oh no designs and they were like uh you can't do this yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in America and he no. was like I don't see what the problem yeah. is and he was like this is normal and they tried to lie and say oh we can't change it now right <laughs> and Joe was like no you you, you have to change it yeah. <laughs> that's insane yeah I don't know anime has a real problem with these like oh, Sambo characters sure does I'm looking at you Mr Popo yeah or from Dragon Ball or uh, Jinx from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Japan they haven't they haven't uh, quite caught up with <laughs> the rest of the world. Oh boy, on, uh, well, neither... depicting black characters like this. Well, it's okay. Neither is the governor of Virginia. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess judge not. That's a good point. Uh, so Colin asks for some whiskey, and Joe's like, "Ah, it's easy. You got to go to Rudy's bar or whatever. Look for the cow head, <laughs> right?" And I was like, "What? Like this does not pay off, right?" And it's yeah, by it the, does. It does. There's a cow well, head. Well, yeah. When there's he a, enters the bar, there's a there's a cow, cow skull, skull. in the bar. No, above, above it. Above the entrance. Oh, how did he I has miss to like go shit. underground. There's they the only dish. show it for like a split second. And also, it's they said it's really like near the pier. I assume this yeah. was going to be like a pier bar. <laughs> yeah, pier, pier bar. bar. Really, yeah. like uh, like Kavanaugh's River Deck. There's people dancing on the pier, and it collapsed, and everyone fell into the river. That's a thing that happened in Philadelphia years ago now yeah and then the police got in trouble because they stole kegs of beer who remembers that <laughs> that <laughs> or was that firefighters awesome during the rescue effort i guess well a bunch of kegs of beer fell into the delaware river and i guess when they were they doing fished them out they <laughs> took them and they took them home or whatever and they got in a lot of trouble because that was not theirs to take yep that's amazing so anyway at this point mac is in the city mac is in the city i does anyone not call him mac i no, feel like in my colin. notes i always write colin which me is too. weird yeah, yeah. i'm like he's i not, can't call him he's mac. not a mac he's not a yeah. mac yeah also he's shoehorned into being a mac yeah. oh, as we call 100 anyway uh, yeah. we'll talk about that so anyway at this point colin has taken a head he's made it into the city he's murdered some guards he's and he's some, met joe made some money he's made some money mm-hmm. uh that's right he made like a wad of cash yeah. for mm-hmm. killing malik he's yeah. got those fat malik stacks. excuse malik. me terrence Ma- terrence, <laughs> terrence malik malik. Terrence, terrence malik. malik yeah uh anyway at this point he's on his way to rudy's uh mm-hmm. for some whiskey but i think we're gonna leave it there uh and we're gonna kick off the rest of the story next episode before we give our first thoughts on i don't know what you could consider maybe the first reel of the movie first impression yes uh why don't we play a little game Right, we are going to play a little game called Anime, Porn, or Reality TV. I am going to read you a quote from one of those source materials, and you will have to chime in when you think you know about whether it is from an anime, a porn, or a reality TV. I almost got cheeky, but before you ask no, none of them are from an anime porn. My favorite. (laughs) All right. Question the first. <laughs> the first? Uh, boobs aren't fat. They're filled with men's hopes and dreams. Reality TV. Incorrect. Uh, porn. That is from an anime, The <laughs> Ambition of Oda Nobuna. <laughs> wow. So no points that round. Yeah. Oda <laughs> Nobuna. <laughs> Question the second. I should have known that. Pornography can save the world. Reality TV. No. Anime. Correct. Hey. That is from Assassination Classroom. 
Yeah. Apparently, they're uh, trying that's to. A, that's a title that this <laughs> gives me bad images right away. <laughs> yeah. I don't like what that. Whatever do you mean? Oh, boy. Uh, I have not seen it, but apparently, they are trying to catch a tentacle monster when this is going on. I don't know. I think they somehow ensnare it with pornography. Ooh. It seems like some like very Japanese shit. Mm. All right. Three. I feel we owe it to the island spirits that we have learned to come to know to let it be in the end the way Mother Nature intended it to be. Reality. For the snake to eat the rat. Yes, that is That from... sounds like fucking Survivor shit. That is Survivor. Oh, damn. <laughs> Fuck the... you, Keith. <laughs> Sorry. Mother Nature intended it to be for the snake to eat the rat. I'll take a potato chip and eat it. Porn. Animate. <laughs> it is, in fact, from the anime Death Note. Ooh. <laughs> it is a major point in which the main character, Light, as part of his plan, needs to eat a potato chip. And he is narrating it. <laughs> I'll take a potato chip and, and eat, eat it. it. All right. here. This one is always fun. Oh, here go hell come. Oh. What? Oh, here go hell come. Oh, uh, that's anime. That is not. It's not. Wait, Reality. Wait. Yes. That wait, what's is that from? from? Fashion show. Ooh. Oh, here uh, go hell come. I think I saw that on the soup, right? Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> uh, it's amazing. What? I, don't, uh, I still don't understand what it is. Oh, here go hell come. <laughs> yeah. That's like a all your base belong to us. Oh, it's done live. <laughs> in a talking head. Or belong to us. Yeah. All right. Put my point down. Oh, you said, I'm sorry, Eamon. I'm sorry. We're tied up. <laughs> tied up. Tied up. Like my, like my favorite porn. Oh, I was going yeah. to say, like, in my favorite pornos. Ooh. Tied up. My yeah. favorite pornos. <laughs> A punch to the scrotum is unforgivable. Anime. Yes, that is from My Hero Academia, Ooh. which is very good if you haven't seen it. I Macadamia? My Hero Macadamia. <laughs> yeah, it's his favorite it's an ad campaign. <laughs> Question the seventh. Ooh. I'm tired of those damn lemon stealing whores. Reality. No. Porn. That is from a porn. Ooh. Nice. Which porn is it? That is from a porn dubbed Lemon Stealing Whores on Reddit. Oh, <laughs> um, oh that one. Yeah. What's the real title? I have no idea. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> Backdoor uh, slit slits slit. twenty five. <laughs> I just said black door. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Black door slit sluts 75. <laughs> this is recorded. <laughs> Question eight. Mennonite women just don't go to the spa and spread their legs and let somebody yank their hair out of them. Reality. Yes, that is from Breaking Amish. Mm. Oh. What? <laughs> so the score right now is five to two. Eamon is crushing I'm me. killing it. Wow. You really know your anime and porn. <laughs> <laughs> My two favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, this one goes out specifically for you. Okay. Ooh. Your slimy, dishonest, manipulative, slutty little bitch who doesn't know <laughs> if she likes dick or vagina. <laughs> uh, reality? Yes. That's from the real world. <laughs> Jesus. Could you read that one more time? <laughs> You're a slimy, dishonest, manipulative, slutty little bitch who doesn't know if she likes dick or vagina. <laughs> Wow. I want that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Question the 10th. If I get reincarnated, I want to become a clam. Porn. (laughs) No. (laughs) Anime. Yes, that is from One Piece. Ooh. Said by Monkey D. Luffy. Monkey D. Luffy. I know nothing about anime. This is all insane to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. One Piece starring Monkey D. Luffy. (laughs) Well, he took a bite of gum gum fruit, and it makes him really stretchy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Final question. Ooh. Ooh. I have no chance to catch up. All right. I'm not scared. 
Just looking for an entrance to the mayonnaise kingdom. Porn. No. Damn it. Uh, reality. That is from anime. Oh, Gintama. Kingdom. So the final score is Eamon 6, Keith 3. <laughs> wow. Booyah. Eamon cleaning up. There was only one porn in there. It was a real uh, misdirection. I wish there was more porn yeah. in there. Next time, Kyle, make the game porn, porn, or porn. <laughs> I think it's porn. Okay. Butthole sphincters 75. <laughs> okay. Well, that was fun. Congratulations, Eamon. Thank you. Thank your, you. Your facility with anime, porn, and reality TV mm-hmm. have served you well here. My three areas of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we think about the kind of first couple action beats of the movie? I think it's promising, especially the director's cut version. Yeah, I was sold instantly on the whole mutant shit. Oh, it was cool. Yeah. I was like way into that. Uh, and the action is awesome. And like, it has, it's really cool. Yeah, it has a man riding a chainsaw across the floor. Right. <laughs> How can you beat that? Yeah. The, the music, I thought even the music was cool. Like, no. the, when the first quickening happens and, like, there's, like, heavy metal music, I'm like, shit, this is cool. Yeah, there's a guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has it all. Yeah. Uh, not a lot here for the ladies, no. I'm inclined to say. This is going to be, if it hasn't already been, hyper-violent and very... <laughs> Like, kind of sexist. Very kind of sexist. Yeah. <laughs> very, uh... Yes. Yeah, it's very male gazy yeah. at a minimum. In true Highlander tradition, yeah. this movie has problems with the female characters in a big way. Yeah, which is also a problem with a lot of anime. So. Sure. Oh, yeah. And specifically, a lot of Kawajiri stuff. Absolutely. So, we've gotten some hints of that already. More what to was, come. There's yeah. definitely more to come. So, this is interesting, because this is in my head, really for a a very specific part of the Highlander demographic. Like, this is for what they thought the Highlander demographic was going to be when they made it initially, like, teenage boys. Like the TV show, specifically. Yeah. Like, they thought this was going to be a cool action karate show, but then ended up having a strong female following for, like, the romance and sexy elements. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for, like, older women. Right. Older women. Not sure there's a lot here for you. On this yeah. one. This is very much a young boy fest mm-hmm. in mm. terms of what it's going for. That'd be interesting to hear from our listeners. Yeah. In that demographic, what they think of this movie. Right. I mean, for me, well, I dig I dig the opening. The My least favorite part is the Amergan. The ghost? Like, mostly because it's in the U.S. version, at least, which was the first version I watched. It's just confusing. I'm just like, what? what is this? Like, I don't know what to make of it. Like, I'm not, like, by and large against having, like... A spirit guide or something. It's like, okay, I guess so. Like, he's got, like, an Obi-Wan figure that gives him advice. That, like, but, like, Obi-Wan, if he was just, like, bugging him constantly. Yeah, just, like, a real pain in the ass. But, like, it's just confusing what is happening in the beginning. Like, I don't know if it's really a spirit guide or he's an insane person in the U.S. cut. No, it's a spirit. We come to learn, certainly, that it is a spirit Oh, eventually. Guide. But, like, at this moment, I don't know. He talks to flies and a rat that, and a billboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is my friend, the billboard. And a, and a hanging corpse. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, he can, he can inhabit... <laughs> machinery as well as right. corpses yeah how do we feel about the decision to set this in the future i like it it's strange and i have some i have some other thoughts that maybe i'll mention in our last episode about like how this fits into the highlander universe in general like not necessarily like canon wise like where does this fit in like does Con- connor mcleod exist well, you see, in the shield has failed right and uh but it, it's it is very strange considering the like insane failure of highlander 2 that they were like, you know what? Let's do another future movie. Like, 
a dystopian future thing. It's like, wh- why even try to go back to that well? It just seems like a strange decision from Jump to yeah. like even attempt it. But I don't mind it too much. It's like, this is a pretty successful version of it. Maybe because eventually it's got a lot of flashbacks, which help. Yeah. I like the mutant dystopian future a lot better than once they get into the city version of the future. Yeah. There's no more mutants in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Like, a like, lot of the the, the right. character gets kind of drained out of it a little bit after this first 10 minutes, because it's got so much pizzazz early yeah. on. There's not a lot of... I mean, we'll, we'll maybe discuss this more later, but, like, it doesn't need to be set in the future, per se. No. Like, I mean, the, the really. plot would have to be tweaked slightly, but, like, it might not be this weird virus thing. I mean, like, you know, maybe not a city-state, but... I don't know. I feel like the motivations of characters don't have to be that crazy. It's mostly, I guess, set in the future for visual flair. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole deal. Cool. Well, join us next week when we talk about more of Highlander, the search for vengeance. Thanks again for tuning in. Um, If this is your first time listening to Highlander rewatch, make sure to subscribe, check out the rest of our episodes where we cover all the other Highlander movies uh, up until this point uh, and four seasons of the show. It's a lot of fun. Also make sure to head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and give us a rating. A five star would be great. Perfect. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 Welcome. Welcome. Welcome.